Melvin Gordon doesn't want to stay in San Diego, and Zeke Elliott is enjoying his White Claw Summer 2019 in Mexico. This is the Doghouse. your boy D-Roy coming at you live from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Oh, just having a great grand old time getting ready for camping this weekend. Um, yeah, so we got a lot of stuff we got to fill in here. Um, so we're going to cover the AFC and NFC West. Uh, we're going to go over a couple more things in the uh, uh Jesus Christ, now I get a brain fart now. Really? Really? Dumb motherfucker. Uh, draft rules. Um, the commandments. There we go. Uh, go over a little bit of news here and uh, get a little bit of DraftKings done here at the end for the Hall of Fame game tonight. So that should be fun. Um, so Michael Thomas is the first $20 million a year wide receiver. For the Saints, uh, said last episode that pretty sure it was going to happen, considering they were only a year, uh, a million off per year. So, no surprises there. Imagine that. Imagine me being on top of something. Um, Melvin Gordon's agent just this morning has said that uh, his client is requesting a trade. No surprise there said you can't you just can't negotiate with the Chargers you take what you can get um, case in point was Joey Bosa a couple years ago having the contract issues just over language in the contract so um, uh, so yeah that's we're staying away from Melvin Gordon I'm going to stay away from him for a while unless I pick up anything um, through news reports and stuff. And I'll keep everybody informed on that. But that'll probably, if I hear anything uh, specific on it, I won't wait until, you know, five days in between broadcasts. I'll have something put out for everybody. Um, Zeke Elliott is down in Mexico during his holdout. 
Uh, August 6th is the day that we're looking at, so uh, feet does not show up before the 6th. He is out a year towards his eligibility for uh, unrestricted free agency, so if he's not in there, he's only screwing himself. But once we get past that point, then that's where we have to start dropping Zeke down in the rankings. So, but enough about that. Um, going to go over some of these draft commandments. Uh, we've already gone through four. First one is basically know your draft, uh, what you're in, points, scoring, system, um, all that type of deal. Uh, number two was practice. Um, getting your best balls, getting your mock drafts. Now, if you haven't been doing them, you're behind the eight ball. Get in there and start doing them. They're not that hard. They're not that long. Get yourself familiar with what's going on. Three, know thy enemy. Uh, that dealt with just knowing what your opponents are using as far as uh, apps, magazines, etc. Uh, four, actually went a little bit higher, but that's yeah, it's still important. Um, watching what you drink. Wait until after your draft to really get hammered. Don't do it beforehand or while you're drafting. And we get to five now. Number five is having a plan. Uh, you want to, this is all going to be based off your best balls and your mock drafts, understanding where players are going, formulating a plan on how to attack it, and then adjusting accordingly. Have a plan what you want to do. If you want to go running back, running back. If you want to go running back, wide receiver. Um, if you want to go wide receiver, wide receiver. And take your running backs later. Uh, if you want to go, you know, this year especially, if you want to go wide receiver, tight end, running back, tight end, tight end, wide receiver, tight end, running back, stuff like that. But always be able to deviate from your plan. Always have an out. That's why you got to... Do the practicing so you know where your outs are, where they all lie. Number six is ADP is a guide. It's not set in stone. Um, just because a guy is at number 48 overall doesn't mean you have to wait to take him at number 48 or wait, see if he drops past 48 so you get value. If you like the guy, go get the fucking guy. Not going to argue with you. I've said it before. If you need if you need to draft them half a round early, maybe even a full round early, and you really like the player over what's in front of him, do it. Don't lose the guy. We've talked about that for about the last three years on how, on inner draft strategies. So those are the two for today. Have another two on Monday. But those two are very important. Not getting yourself locked in uh, to what you're seeing and what you want. Uh, okay, let's go. Let's get into this uh, AFC West and the NFC West. We're going to start in the AFC West. We're going to go to the Denver Broncos. Um, uh, Vic Fangio uh, is the new head coach. 
And Ed Donatel is the new DC. Ed Donatel. I like that guy. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. Did he used to be on the Packers? I liked him. Um, Vic Fangio runs a uh, very competent offensive scheme, uh, mostly running uh, with the play-action pass. Sad, very, he's been very, very successful as an OC, and it's a good thing that they brought in uh, Joe Flacco to kind of shore up their quarterback position. Now, he's not going to be sexy for this year, um, but he is somebody that you might want to look at for your uh, 2QB uh, deeper super flexes. Um, he should have the job for most of the year. Now, you will have to watch out because um, if the Broncos do fall behind the eight ball and actually start out poorly to where they have no shot at the playoffs and they could bring uh, Drew Locke in and take over for him. But I think it's Joe Flacco's job for the most part for this year because they're going to want to keep Drew Locke on that bench, um, let him grow. Uh, I'm very high, actually, on Drew Locke. I like him, actually, better than Kyler Murray. I just couldn't rate him higher on Dynasty because Kyler Murray was going to be starting from day one. Um, but I think Drew Locke's going to end up having the longer shelf life. Uh, might not be a superstar, but he'll be a competent starter at some point. Uh, we got a dangerous running back situation here with Phil Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Those are going to be your one and one A's. Uh, I'm higher on Royce Freeman. Uh, definitely because you can get him later. He's going to be uh, RB39, pick 98, where Philip Lindsay is hovering in the fourth, third, no, he's hovering in the fourth round uh, as RB21, number 41. Now you can take both and hope that one secures the job over the other. We should get a little bit more um, knowledge of what's going on here and have this uh, job come into a little bit more focus once we get to draft time. So we'll be able to adjust the rankings accordingly. Um, like I said, I like Freeman a little bit more, uh, especially in best ball right now because you can get him a lot later. Uh, Philip Lindsay is going way too high for how cluttered that situation is, uh, considering that Royce Freeman is the running back that uh, the Broncos drafted last year and spent a decent pick on while Lindsay was the end, uh, uh, UDFA last year was good. I'll give him that, but he's a little guy. Royce Freeman's a little bit bigger, and everybody knows I was high on Freeman last year. Moving on to the wide receivers, got Cortland Sutton, uh, Manuel Sanders, who is returning from ACL. I remember it was ACL or Achilles. I think it was ACL. Um, he started. He he didn't start on the pup list, but they're gonna they're gonna take it real easy with him. Uh, during the preseason, they're going to try and get him back into the slot role. Not really somebody that I'm completely focused on, is, but he is really cheap compared to where he had been going. Usually it was like a sixth or seventh round pick. Uh, now you're looking at him going uh, right now, 
at the end of the ninth round as a wide receiver 46, uh, pick 119. I'd probably prefer to have Cortland Sutton a little bit higher as the wide receiver 38, uh, pick 101. So about a round earlier. So it's, it's not, there's not much difference in there, but you're, at least you're getting Cortland Sutton um, healthy versus Sanders, who has to fight back from an injury. Now, Deshaun Hamilton has been getting a little bit of run uh, before training camp as somebody to watch, and that was based off of Manuel Sanders. Uh, projected to not be there right at the, right at the starting gate. Uh, wide receiver 67, 190 overall, which means he goes like right at the end of your draft. Um, he's going to be, a, he should line up outside of Sutton. Uh, especially if Sanders isn't ready to get going at the start of the season. Uh, he'll, Hamilton should end up slotting across from Sutton. And with Sutton getting the top corner on the team, that leaves Hamilton with the second best option, which is great for us. Uh, now I also have Tim Patrick in here. He's not somebody that we have to worry about um, unless there's another injury in which case you might end up seeing some of these other guys come up, like uh, Richard Crawcraft, Aaron Burbridge, um, Jawan Winfrey, who is their sixth-round pick from Colorado. That's somebody to keep an eye on uh, in case any injuries happen. But we will actually take a look at Winfrey here in the preseason. Tight end, you got uh, rookie wide receiver Noah Font. He was a first-round pick. Uh, tight end 19, 162 overall, which Font's been getting some traction lately. Um, I've seen him. I've seen him going. It's like a tight end 12, tight end 13, right around there, which is way too high. If you want to take a shot on him late, go ahead. Uh, but I would make him your second tight end. And um, I wouldn't really I wouldn't really worry about him anything else other than that. Two, two tight end leagues are just a backup and uh, a watch and see, see if you got something special in there. But don't rely on him as your number one. Moving on to Kansas City, this is all going to be pretty straightforward um, now that Tyreek Hill is back. Uh, so I'm not going to really mess with it too much, uh, especially with Mahomes. Uh, he's your first quarterback off the board. He's, he's actually right now, he's uh, number 21, which puts him in the second round. Um, probably actually about right. Somebody's going to jump on him somewhere there. Uh Running backs, you're going to have Damian Williams starting out. Now, Damian Williams has had some hamstring issues here. Uh, he is currently RB13, 23rd overall. He should be one of the last of the second round, although he could go middle of the second round. Like I said, most home drafts are RB heavy out the gate. Uh, be careful with him. I like him. It's a great system that he's in. But just make sure that you uh, do back him up with Carlos Hyde, who can take over for him 
at a moment's notice um, if Williams is ineffective or if he goes out with injury. And Williams, or, um, Hyde is currently RB44, 114 overall. So, if anything, I would not let Hyde drop below the 10th round in your, in your standard uh, 12-team drafts. A uh, little bit higher if you're anything, you know, 14, 16 teams. Uh, make sure you get that handcuff in there. Uh, we're not going to worry about Dar- Darwin Williams or Daryl Williams right now. But uh, I'm curious to see how this Darwin Thompson can handle himself. Uh, he's a six-round pick out of Utah State. And uh, he's interesting but not somebody that, you know, we need to worry about now. We need to worry about him in season. Uh, wide receivers. Uh, we got Tyreek Hill. He's, this number, these numbers are skewed a little bit because he was projected to be suspended. So right now he's wide receiver 14, pick 38. That's not going to happen. He's going to go anywhere from mid two to mid one up that far. It all depends on where you're located. If you're anywhere near, you know, uh, Missouri, Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas, he's going to go number one. He's going to not go number one, but he's going to be in the first round. Um, Sammy Watkins started to dip down, starting to get a little bit of value on him. Uh, he had started out as 53rd overall pick. He's now down to 70 overall at wide receiver 29. So, uh, slipping a little bit. He's slipping into the sixth round. I'd like to see him slip into the seventh if we could, but with that offense, if we can get him in the sixth, end of the sixth round, I'd be more than happy with it. Uh, other people involved, Miko Hardman. Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle. I'm not worried about any of these guys uh, for right now. Just focus on the top two. Moving on to tight end. Do we need to say anything else? It's Travis Kelsey. Uh, first tight end off the board. He's dipping. He's actually stable. He's been stable, um, even with the Tyreek situation where he's come back. He's Currently about the 16th overall. So you're looking at about a mid to high two uh, pick if you want to get the number one tight end in, in fantasy football. Or at least, quote-unquote, projected tight end. It all depends on how you feel about it. Um, a lot of folks will say because the top three are above, so above and beyond, you can consider them like wide receivers. But at a position of need where you only need one. So if you're going to get one, why not go for the best? Moving out to Los Angeles. We're going to get the Chargers here. Oh, pardon me. Um, quarterback Philip Rivers, QB 15, 111. You want to, if you want him, you can wait till the very end of your draft. Nobody's taking Philip Rivers. There's so much talk. On how bad Rivers is going to be, um, at least as far as fantasy. Um, 
they focus a lot on Melvin Gordon's situation, and if Melvin Gordon's not there, it's going to take a hit on Rivers, but I don't believe it will. Uh, you'll see more short passes um, where you're letting your other players uh, go and get it, and go get the yards. Uh, Melvin Gordon right now is he's been at a, he was at a high of five before the holdout. Now he's down to about eight overall. He's an RB seven. There's going to be questions where you ha- where are you comfortable taking Melvin Gordon? Uh, for right now, I'm not at all. I'm waiting until my regular drafts. I'm not even I'm not even fucking around with it for best ball. It's just there's no point in doing it. Everybody will go. Well, you have an advantage if he comes if he does come back. He ain't fucking coming back anytime soon. So why even bother wasting the pick on it? So just move on. Um, that puts Eckler and Justin Jackson. Uh, definitely on the radar right now. Um, those two I will take shots on. You get them. Eckler's moving up. He's RB43, uh, pick 108, which will put him in the ninth round right now. Uh, I've seen him as high as 8 and 7. Justin Jackson's still going late. Um, the more Gordon continues to hold out, He'll move up, but I don't think you'd have to take him anywhere uh, above round 10, 11, somewhere in there. And that would be kind of where my focus would be if you want to take a shot on him. Just right around 10, 11. Uh, make sure you shore I, I'd rather have my running back situation shored up and have him as a four and just let's see what's going to happen. But uh, more than likely, Jackson and Eckler would be your targets if you're going double wide receiver or tight end wide receiver. Moving to wide receiver, we got uh, disrespected Keenan Allen, who is wide receiver 10, pick 25. Goes at the end of the second round, right behind Mike Evans. Uh, Keenan Allen doesn't get any respect for what he does, his pass-catching ability. Um, he, him and Rivers are connected at the hip. Haha, that's a joke. Um, Keenan Allen is great in full point PPRs. Uh, half point he gets, I'm still okay with him. Uh, where he's at, standard leagues, he takes a little bit of a dip. You're probably looking at a third round because he, he's not going to score. Um, that many touchdowns, although Rivers does kind of key read off of him um, when they are in the red zone. Uh, Mike Williams has uh, actually dipped a little bit. He's he's stable at wide receiver 24, so he's a back-end wide receiver too. Um, but he's down to pick 61, which puts him right at the beginning of the sixth round. Uh, Mike Williams, from what I've been seeing, has been... Uh, going in the fifth round, uh, right about the mid-range. So I wouldn't stick on that 61, although I've got one more thing of ADPs to put in uh, for Sunday. Sunday's ADP. So we'll see if he's gone up a little bit. Uh, Have Travis Benjamin in here. Not high on him. I wouldn't draft him. 
but just in case of injury, uh, could see him bumping up to like where the Mike Williams role is. Benjamin still has some left in the tank, but he's he's a little guy. He's just a little guy. Uh, tight end Hunter Henry, which who I'm high on. Uh, he's currently a tight end six, pick fifty nine, which puts him right at the end of the fifth round. Uh, I have no problem taking him. I had this issue in my best ball draft this last week. It was between Hunter Henry and Evan Ingram. I flipped the coin, and it came up Hunter Henry. Now, this is the same draft. Same draft I was kind of messing around with because I took Kelsey. I took Kelsey in the first round. I had picked ten, so I took Kelsey. And then I had this coin flip, and I was like, ah, is it Hunter Henry or is it Evan Ingram? Well, my dumbass should have taken Ingram, even though the coin flip went Hunter Henry's way, because Kelsey and Henry have the same fucking bye week. So make sure you pay attention a little bit to bye weeks. Not on everything, but um, try not to get too many guys in the same bye week. Especially if you're going double tight end, because that's ridiculously stupid. Uh, Oakland Raiders. You got Derek Carr. He's quarterback 24. If you want to take a shot on Derek Carr, if you just want to wait all the way to the end, Derek Carr should be there for you if you want to take a shot on him. If you're high on him, I mean, why take why take a huge shot on him? You know, most of most of your regular drafts are 16 rounds. So, if you want to get him right before your, if you got a kicker in your de- or your defense, hey, do that or go get your defense and your kicker and just wait for Derek Carr in the last round. No problems there either. Uh, running back, um, we have Josh Jacobs, who has kind of flatlined a little bit. Uh, he's currently RB 20, number 37 overall. Um, he has been going as high as the beginning of the third round, which is not where I'd want him. I'd still want him uh, back end of the third round overall if I can. I don't want to jump on him because he's got a seriously hard schedule right out the gate. And as much as I don't buy into strength of schedule, um, the teams he's facing, I really... I really don't want to um, mess around with. Uh, I'll just run this down for you. It goes against the Broncos, the Chiefs, then they're up at the Vikings, the Colts, and then they have the Bears before the week six bye week. So you'd have to make it all the way through that um, before you probably see any return on him. So... What I'm probably going to do is I'm going to let him go and let somebody else draft him and then probably target him uh, right about that Colts game, probably like four, week five, maybe even week six. Maybe see if I can get him to jump on it while he's coming up on the bye week or against that Bears game. It's probably the best spot, spot to target him. 
but by that time we should be able to uh, have a good range of um, what you want to do, um, any type of players that you want to throw towards him. Uh, I got Jalen Richard. He's going for nothing. Doug Martin, Chris Warren the third. Uh, just speculative looks uh, at ADP. They're way off the chart right now. Uh, move on to wide receiver. We got, of course, Antonio Brown, who's going to hog out the targets. He's wide receiver 7, 20 overall. You can take Antonio Brown. Uh, in the middle of the second, if you wanted to, um, I still would have him behind. <sighs> him and Odell are, are the coin flip. I wouldn't take him in front of Julio. I think I would have Julio and Tyreek right in front of him. Um, I wouldn't jump ahead of there. Uh, if you, so that would be, let me think, be Hopkins, Adams, Hill. Jones, Thomas, and that would be Odell or Brown. So it would be like the sixth or seventh wide receiver off. So that's pretty good, actually, um, at wide receiver seven. So wide receiver seven, wide receiver six, eh, somewhere right in there. Uh, I will take a shot on Tyrell Williams uh, very late. He's wide receiver 54, 149. That's if you just want to build some depth and see what happens there. I'm not touching Hunter Renfro. Uh, last year's rookie, Marcel Aitman, I'm not touching. you got Ryan Grant, who came over, and J.J. Nelson, who's there. I'm not touching any of those other four. This is going to be a run-heavy offense. So I would just focus on the top two guys and nothing more, barring any injury. Darren Waller is going to be the tight end. That's a guy I want to keep an eye on. I'm not going to draft him. I would keep an eye on because he's tight at 30, 277 right now. Just keep an eye on him because he could end up uh, surprising a lot of people. He is getting talked up in certain circles. Um, so he's definitely somebody that we want to watch. I like the kid, um, but I'm not going to go out of my way to draft him. Uh, especially in, you know, a one tight end league, which most of us play in, and we should be playing in. So, going to move over to the NFC West. As soon as I can get over here. And, oh, yay, here he is. Here's the man of the hour, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. So... <laughs> He is sitting right at quarterback 12 right now, 100 overall. I wouldn't have a problem with him being quarterback 12 if he wasn't 100 overall and knowing that people are taking him in the 7th and 8th round to try and grab the upside that Mahomes had last year. What's the difference? Andy Reid has a better system than what Murray is coming into in Arizona. I don't give a shit what anybody says about this air raid system. Cliff Kingsbury has not proven that this system is highly successful and can sustain itself. 
I know what you're going to hear. You're going to hear that this is an up-tempo offense. They're going to be on the field. When they're on the field, they're going to go up-tempo. They're going to go quick, quick, quick to get as much plays as possible. That's what they said when Chip Kelly was in Philadelphia. And look what the fuck happened there. There was a shit ton of three and outs with that offense. Because it's so quick, you have to make the reads really fast. And Kyler Murray is a rookie. Can he process that? The defenses that he's going to see, especially the defenses that he's going to see in the preseason, are going to be nothing compared to what he's going to see in the regular season. So here's what's going to happen. Kyler Murray is going to have a really good preseason. You know, and he's going to get keep getting bumped up, keep getting bumped up, keep getting bumped up to where, like, everybody's, nearly everybody, I should say, is going to be like, oh, yeah, seventh, seventh, eighth round. That's, that's where he's got to go. That's where he's got to go. He's running. Uh, he's hitting all his receivers. Yeah, great. I'm not falling into this fucking hole. Uh, I'm also not falling into the David Johnson hole like some people wanted me to do last year. Ha, 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 ha. Fucking told you. Um, I really want to like David Johnson this year now that um, he's in what should be a better offense for for his skill set. Getting the passes, you know, outside outside the tackles, swinging around, uh, short dump offs, and whatnot. Problem is, I think he's going to be way too self-reliant on receiving targets still. That offensive line scheme, we talked about that, where they spread it out. That's only going to help the defense fill those gaps. It's not going to spread the defense completely out. It's just going to make it easier for the defense to stop the running game. And then they're going to just have to keep throwing it. Which then, when you've given up on the run, now the defense knows what you're doing every single time. You're going to be passing, so they're going to pin their ears back and come right at them. Uh, Chase Edmonds is getting a little bit of run here. As I mean, he's in regular drafts, he's not going to be anything, but if you are going to go the David Johnson route, I will tell you to handcuff Chase Edmonds to him. Uh, Evans is a very capable backup. He had shown that in the Packer game last year that if David Johnson went down, he can actually do the same job. So moving on to wide receiver. Now it's funny. In the write-up, you're going to see eight wide receivers. And why would I do that? Well, that's just to show you what kind of a clusterfuck we're dealing with at wide receiver. The top of the heap right now is Christian Kirk, last year's rookie. But Andy Isabella is this year's rookie, as is Hakeem Butler. Christian Kirk is also more of a slot receiver than he is an outside receiver. But they're going to line him opposite of Larry Fitzgerald and probably fit Andy Isabella into the slot. Have Hakeem Butler come in on certain situations where they're going 
incredibly deep because he is a tall, fast motherfucker. Um, still not somebody that I'd want to draft. I really don't want to. I really didn't want to draft Christian Kirk, where, he, but I was getting an incredible value on it. Right now, he's a wide receiver, 33, 86 overall. So he's going at about the eighth round. I was in the tenth round when I took Christian Kirk. So I got a couple round value on it. I was like, eh, I'll take a shot on there. But as far as regular drafts, don't feel like you have to get a piece of this offense. If we're not high on Kyler Murray, why would we get high on all of his wide receivers? Nobody's probably going to break out for 1,000 yards. I'm telling you that. Nobody's probably going to get an 80, 90 catch year. There's just too many options in the offense. So right now I have them all listed kind of in order. Uh, if anybody gets cut, like Kevin White down here at the bottom, Trent Sherfield, sure, I'll take them out of there. But for now, they're in there just to kind of show my point here. Tight ends, you got Ricky, Ricky. I can't fucking catch a goddamn ball. Seals Jones and Charles. I can't stay on the fucking field, Clay. I'm not going after either of them. And we're done. We're done with the tight ends of uh, Arizona. Moving on to Los Angeles Rams. Got Jared. Please, for the love of God, let me be able to hear the fucking play call through my headset. Goff. Uh, currently QB 1192 overall. He's the guy going right in front of Kyler Murray right now. Don't really have a problem with it. Um, the Rams should get back, a little bit back to basics. Um, although, you know, we do have the issue with Todd Gurley. And I'll tell you that if you want to take Todd Gurley, fine. I would make it. Middle to back end of the second round. Go ahead and take Todd Gurley. Please make sure that you're taking Daryl Henderson. He is currently RB34, 79 overall. So you're looking at about a seventh round pick. You're probably going to have to grab him in the sixth. You're going to have to pay attention to how quickly the running backs are going in your draft. If they're sitting back, maybe you can wait until the seventh. But I would definitely make sure that I'm going to handcuff. Uh, you also have Malcolm Brown and Jack Kelly still there. The Rams brought back Malcolm Brown, matching the offer sheet for Detroit Lions, who wanted him. So, they like having Malcolm Brown around, but he just can never seem to secure the start, uh, the backup, the actual backup role. Uh, wide receiver, you got, you got the trio. And they're in this order, and they're not very far apart. So, you got Brandon Cooks. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. It's in that order right now. Wide receiver 17, 42 overall. Wide receiver 18, 44 overall. Cup at wide receiver 21, 53 overall. So it's kind of choose who you really, really want. I still stick with Cooper Cup because that's what made the Rams offense flow. Uh, we pointed this out at the beginning of last year, after Cup's rookie year. Cup and Goff love each other. They're in some kind of a relationship. I don't know what it is. Um, but that would be the guy that I'd really want 
over Woods and Cooks. Cooks is going to be your, you know, your high flyer. Boomer bust. You know, he'll get a couple of catches each week. He kind of, but he's going to have a, he's going to have a small floor where Woods is going to have a pretty even floor with some, you know, every once in a while, maybe he breaks out. But Cup's going to be, Cup's going to be your PP, your full PPR guy uh, out of the slot. Uh, Josh Reynolds is listed here. He's a bag of shit. Said that during the playoffs last year. Said that actually at the end of the year because he was a value with Cup going down. And everybody's like, oh, Josh Reynolds, Josh Reynolds, got to fill him in. Got to fill him in. Nope. You got to take Woods, who's in the slot, because Reynolds is going to get run the fuck over sitting on the outside opposite of Cooks. Um, tight ends, still got Gerald, Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby. Nobody likes either one, so we move on. Who do we got here? And yes, we got Jimmy Garoppolo back. And there was much rejoicing. Yay! Okay, maybe not that much rejoicing, but uh, Garoppolo is going late. Now that the buzz is off from last year when he tore his ACL. He's QB 21-145. He's not somebody you have to draft, but somebody you want to definitely keep an eye on. We're going to move on to the running back situation. Uh, Jarek McKinnon was brought in last year. Tevin Coleman was brought in this year. Uh, Tevin Coleman in the Shanahan offense uh, that he is actually familiar with, um, and I think getting back with Kyle Shanahan and actually having the play calling, I think that's going to only help Tevin Coleman uh, where he has failed the last couple of years without him. Um, that's why I'm taking shots on Tevin Coleman as RB27, 64 overall. Uh, I am kidding him. Yep, right about that range. Sixth, seventh round, somewhere in there. I'll jump on him in the sixth. Now you can back him up. Uh, McKinnon's not doing too much here in uh, practice right now. He's the RB42, 106. Uh, Burita is not doing anything right now. RB51, 147. And then there's Jezenek and... Uh, Jeff Wilson, I'm not too worried about it. McKinnon should be the primary backup to Coleman. So that's who I'm handcuffing with him right now. Uh, I'm not completely thrilled with it. Um, because that could change when Breida comes back, but I would assume that they're going to put the two highest contracts in front first and let it work itself out from there. Um, so now we move on to the wide receivers. We have Dante Pettis, who is going as a wide receiver 34, 84 overall. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, wide receiver 60, 180 overall. And everybody else who's going to be at the end of your draft. Debo Samuel, Jalen Hurd, Kendrick Bourne, Trent Taylor, who has really just slipped off. And then you got Jordan Matthews. Now, the way it looks is that Pettis is going to Pettis, and I'm going to say right now, Marquise Goodwin's going to take opposite 
from Pettis. And then you're going to have Debo Samuel in the slot. So it is going to go, it's going to go Pettis, Goodwin, and Samuel. Those are the only three that I would actually have on the radar right now. Uh, there's a little bit of talk for Jalen Hurd, uh, who was drafted in the third round. I'm not out of Baylor. I'm not as high on him yet. He's got to prove it to me, but he could actually move ahead of Goodwin opposite of Pettis. So we're going to keep our eye on that. Um, but Pettis is about the only guy that I would probably take a shot on drafting. Um, this is kind of like the Arizona Cardinals situation, except that, I mean, you've got a stable coaching system in place. <clears throat> and they did draft, they did draft two guys high. I mean, Debo, they got in the second round. And then, like I said, they've gotten hurt in the third, hurt in the third. <laughs> but, um, Heard might take a little bit longer to come around. I think Samuel's actually pretty ready, especially if they're going to put him in the slot. Uh, tight end is George Kittle, who is tight end three, um, 35 overall. I don't know how he's still sticking at 35 when I keep seeing him going at the end of the second, beginning of the third round. That's where he's going to end up going. All right, last but not least, we got the Seattle Seahawks. This should go really quick. You got Russell Wilson, QB8, 81 overall. Be careful with Russell Wilson. He's not running anymore. Uh, so you're relying almost completely on his arm. And it's going to be a low impact offense as far as the receiving game is going to go because they're going to want to uh, ground and pump. Which brings us to Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. Carson is RB24, 48 overall. Penny is RB33, 76 overall. I really, really want to say that Carson's going to continue to keep this job, but I can't because Penny's actually showing good in camp, and he is their first-round pick from last year. So this is going to be a dangerous situation. I'm hoping it scares everybody off of Carson a little bit. If I can get him late five, I'd love to have him. Like, if I'm on if I'm on one of the wheels, so, like, the five-six turn, or even six-seven, let's just say he ends up falling, I'd want to put Carson and Penny, like, as back-to-back -back picks and just say the hell with it. But, if anything, I don't blame anybody for just completely staying out of a, a really good situation as far as the system is concerned, but the staying away because of the instability on who is actually going to start. Moving on to wide receiver, we got Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, David Moore, Jerron Brown, and Gary Jennings. I couldn't believe Gary Jennings actually popped up on a possible lake. Oh, maybe this guy. Um, but I like Gary Jennings, wide receiver out of West Virginia. Um, I don't know how much we're really going to focus on on him at all 
the three main guys I'm kind of looking at is Lockett, uh, Metcalf, and Moore. Uh, Lockett being the top option. Wide receiver 23, pick 55. So he's going to the fifth round. I don't mind if he's in the fifth round. Um, I'll take a shot at Lockett. He's got some, some upside. DK Metcalf, which is like the Incredible Hulk to Tyler Lockett's Bruce Banner. Uh, is going wide receiver 43, 110 overall. I still suspect people in home drafts are going to flock to the name and draft him a little bit higher. But if I can get him 10th round or later, I'll take a shot on him. David Moore is going to be more of a wait and see. Uh, David Moore was productive last year, so it's definitely not somebody that I want to like forget about. Okay. So, there's our AFC and NFC West run-through. Now we're going to do a little bit of DK here. Um, let's see, i got to get here to the to the Broncos. Oh, and I should have looked. Damn it, I should have had my over-under numbers. I apologize for that. Over-under is like 34. The Broncos are favored by about 2.5. So the numbers dropped. The money's been coming in on Atlanta. Um, I'm actually a little bit higher on the Broncos side. And the, here's the guys that I would kind of focus on. Um, I kind of want to look at, kind of want to look at Drew Locke. Although he's not a necessity. Um, In a true lock, um, the uh, Juwan Winfrey, I'm interested in at wide receiver for the Broncos. Uh, Noah Fant, of course, we're looking at. And actually, I have some interest in Jake. Uh, Jake Glenn is questionable. Uh, okay, no but. We're not going to do but. But, um, yeah, so you got Drew Locke. Drew Locke's going to be behind. Kevin Hogan is apparently starting, and I don't really like it because he's been struggling a little bit. Brett Rippon really hasn't been doing all that much either as far as the quarterback. That's kind of why I'm on uh, lock a little bit. No offense, going to be real super chalky tonight. He's going to be a dangerous fade because um, they're going to probably want to get those two involved together, and they have been working well together. Um, as far as the why uh, running backs go? Gotta check out our two boys here. Let's see here. Um, they're probably gonna keep Lindsay out. Might see Royce Freeman, but there's a real big battle between Booker. Maha- uh, Kalfani Muhammad and Devontae Jackson that I'm interested in. And Muhammad
Quinn and Jackson have really been impressive to the point to where there's talk that they might actually drop Booker. So if we focus on that narrative, we may see Booker have to try and keep that job and fend off these two guys. Uh, take a look at Jackson here. Now, Devontae Jackson and Muhammad still definitely do need to make the roster. Jackson's probably the one that I like the most. So, if you want to mind in the narrative that Devontae Booker's trying to hold on to his job, I would go Booker. If not, Jackson, or maybe even try Muhammad. Now, they're, they're all priced about the same, so we're not worried about there. Um, See the kicker prices are. Oh, is everything seventy six hundred? It's like the first time today. Yeah, everything's seventy six hundred. So we're not really worried about price. Um, yeah. So wide receiver, I would look at Winfrey. Another guy too. We'll look at Winfrey. Maybe Deshaun Hamilton. Um, I'm trying to stay away from the guys that will probably start at the very most. So, yeah, maybe Winfrey. Uh, probably stuck with Fant. And then you have Drew Locke. And then, like I said, one of the two little rookie guys like Muhammad or Jackson, um, if not Booker. I don't think Freeman and Lindsey are probably going to run all that much. They might each get, like, a series apiece at the very most. Um, looking at the Falcon side, there's a couple guys that I was really kind of looking at. Uh, not so much at the quarterback position. Uh, Matt Ryan's not going to play. I don't think Schaub's going to do all that much, which means that you would have... Uh, Kurt Benkert at quarterback. So Schaub's going to probably, well, Schaub's probably going to have to be in there for a little bit, but he's not going to get that long of a run. So what I would expect is Benkert is going to be in there. Uh... Not gonna have, definitely not going to have Julio Jones. Might have a little bit of Justin Hardy in there. Uh, there's been talks about Russell, a lot of Russell Gage interest. Let me see if I can that one more up here. Uh, Marcus Green, uh, they're trying to look at as a returner. He is the uh, uh, rookie from. University of Louisiana Monroe. Uh, he's actually a running back, but they do list him on the wide receiver depth chart. But he's going to be kind of like a return guy, so he could be a sneaky guy to put in there, especially if you're doing uh, defense and special teams uh, from the Falcons. Trying to bet on um, 
just a low-scoring game in itself, you might want to do Marcus Green because if he scores, then you're going to get double points. Um, running backs, you're looking at Brian Hill and Quadri Olsen uh, fighting for the role. Hill's been the one that's been leading. So that, to me, would mean that we might want to take a look at Quadri. Um, they're more short yardage backs. They're ground and pounders. So, and by the time they get in there, Denver's defense should be back to their their backup guys. And that'd be good, but you're going to have a lot of rookies. You're going to have a lot of UDFAs in there. So, I'm going to say that uh, Allison is going to get a bulk of some, a lot of those carries because they're going to want to definitely take a look at their rookie acquisition. Um, he's a fifth-round pick, so he's still kind of, sort of, needs to try and earn that job. Let me see if there's anybody else that I really want to take a look at. Maybe Sean Bain or Christian Blake if you really are looking for a deep, deep dive. But other than that, I mean, they do have to try out uh, uh, Giorgio Tavecchio is their kicker. So, I mean, you know, I'm going to be completely honest. I mean, you could go complete place kickers. Place kickers in both defenses, and it wouldn't be completely out of, out of character. I mean, to do something like that, go for the low-scoring game, maybe take a chance on Noah Font, which would mean that if you do both defenses, then you're not taking Drew Locke, you're taking a running back, so you'd probably do either Allison or you'd take a look at the Booker, Muhammad, Jackson kind of little stack in there. They would definitely have an easier time from the Broncos' side running the ball than the Falcons will from their side. But, yeah. And all three of them can catch catch the ball in the backfield. We know what to do against Atlanta. The other season running back couldn't catch the ball, so... Yeah, it looks pretty good. That's where I'll be looking in DK. Not too worried about it. I'm just kind of throwing three lineups and having fun with it. Just throw a lineup in it. Just have some fun. I mean, you know, fuck it. It's preseason. I know there's a lot of guys that take it seriously, but I ain't fucking worried about it until after, until I get to week one of the regular season. But... Until next time, it's been episode six.
Doghouse Fantasy Football Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at RoyDog underscore 13, R-O-Y-D-A-W-G underscore 13. Peace. which way but who um so we got the podcast out on thursday instead of friday because i will be gone all weekend camping tubing kayaking and general shenanigans which involve rum uh coors light and probably white claw because I need to go to a rehab facility because, like I said, it's full of crack cocaine. Um, But, yeah, so we'll have everything done up to this point. I got one more set of ADPs that I want to get. Do those on Sunday and start getting them inserted, start finishing up the draft guide and stuff so should be ready to go by the end of next weekend and yeah so you guys better fucking appreciate it because I'm going to be end up working on that shit all the way through my birthday dirty dirty motherfuckers have a good weekend nobody thought we'd make it to episode 6 here's going on to episode 10 We're going to get there someday in two weeks. Have a good weekend, everybody.